Ah, this is the life. I wonder when the last time you uttered those words were. Ah, this is the life. Do you remember? It's often those mountaintop moments, isn't it? Maybe on holiday, glass of wine, perfect sunset, or maybe after some kind of accomplishment, exam results, holidays, just finished some kind of race, some achievement. Ah, this is the life. The moments where you just sit back and enjoy what life has to offer. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at some of the claims that Jesus makes. And this afternoon, as we look at John chapter 11, we're looking at what Jesus claims about himself again. And it's like he's saying, this is the life about himself. This is the life. We've seen as we've walked through the I am sayings in John's gospel over the last couple of weeks, how from the very beginning of John's account, he wants to build a picture of who Jesus is. From right at the very beginning, it says this in John's account, through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. That's the beginning of John's account about this man, Jesus. He's saying, Jesus is where all life springs from. Jesus is the great life giver. That's what John's gospel has told us as we've walked through. And as we come to this passage this afternoon, we see it just as clearly. Jesus is the great life giver. At the beginning, we saw that how all things were created through him for his glory, to make Jesus look good, to display his greatness. And through the unfolding account of John's gospel, with the encounters that Jesus has with people, with the signs that he performs, actually some of the most amazing things that we see is the claims that Jesus makes about himself. But there's a bit of tension between Jesus claiming who he is and what the people recognise, because of course there's miraculous moments. Crowds are gathered, there's all kinds of people looking in, seeing amazing things. Yet, all the way through there's this tension of how much are people understanding about Jesus' true identity? The claims Jesus is making are absolutely huge, but the people don't seem to recognise it. Listen to some of the things that have already been said about Jesus or Jesus said about himself when we come to John chapter 11. This is through the book of John already. John chapter 3, that whoever believes in him may have life eternal. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. In John chapter 5, truly, truly I say to you, this is Jesus, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. John chapter 5, again, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you may have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness about me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me has eternal life. I came that you may have life and have it to the full. See how these strings of sentences picked out through John's Gospel are saying one very clear thing. Jesus is saying 
that life comes through him. Remarkable. Remarkable that he makes that massive claim all the way through. It's so clear. Jesus is the author and source of all life that goes beyond even our understanding in this world. Yet time and time again, the people at the time fail to recognise it because what they see is the immediate sign. Their stomachs filled, a person healed. And they fail to see the claims about Jesus and what they mean. That's the context of John's Gospel as we join here. And Mary and Martha have sent word to Jesus about their sick brother Lazarus. Remember we said through the last couple of weeks that the story helps us to see the gravity of the claim that Jesus makes. Have a look down at verse 4 of chapter 11. It sets the scene for what's going to happen as Jesus speaks. Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, so when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Hang on, that's a bit bizarre, isn't it? We know that Jesus cares about Mary and Martha and he loves Lazarus. And they've come to him with their concern about their brother who's very sick. And Jesus says, I do care, but I'm going to stay just where I am for two more days. Well, we've seen over the last couple of weeks enough to ask this key question, I think. What does Jesus do and what does he say and what does that build to a picture of his identity? Look back again at verse 4. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. See, we can expect that whatever happens next in the story tells us something about who Jesus is. We can expect that whatever happens next in the story shows us something about who Jesus is. And what better way to reinforce that the claims Jesus is making about life are bigger than people realise than to show just how much control he has, even in beating death. Verse 11, have a look down. Jesus knows that Lazarus is ill. He knows that the illness has got much worse. In fact, Jesus knows that he's died, and yet Jesus is in complete control. When he arrives in verse 17, Lazarus has been dead for four days. And it's in the face of this that Jesus makes this claim that we're looking at this afternoon. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never, never die. See, if Jesus had rushed off as soon as he got word that Lazarus was sick, he'd gone straight to help him. If he had healed him from his sickness, what he would have said and what, would he, what he would have done in that moment wouldn't have shown quite so clearly who he is. It wouldn't have shown quite so clearly that Jesus offers life. Jesus offers life that goes beyond death because Jesus went to a dead man and he went to offer life because Jesus is the great life giver. 
I wonder, as we look at the claims there, right from the very beginning, Jesus being the author of all life, Jesus being the offerer of life, will we trust him with that offer of life? Time and time again, as we look at John's account, Jesus is wanting to stretch our view of him. He wants people to recognise his identity as life giver. See, I imagine it would have been pretty reassuring to be around Jesus at the time, right? If you're sick, ah, oh, don't worry, Jesus is nearby. If you're hungry, ah, oh, he feeds 5,000 like that. Would have been quite reassuring. But how much more reassuring is it to know that Jesus in all eternity is the author and giver of all life? So that in any given moment, we might recognise that the source of eternal life offers transformed life to every single person that will trust in him. In the face of desperate circumstances, this week that we have faced, Jesus is the author of all life. Life that goes even beyond the grave in the face of the most joyous moments where we sit back and say, ah, this is the life. No, Jesus offers transformed life that goes even beyond that. So that in any given circumstance, in all of life, when we look at the person of Jesus in all that he offers, we might then be able to sit back and say, this is the life in him. But notice it's not always what we'd expect or anticipate. See, Jesus, as he hears about Lazarus sick, what would you expect him to do just reading through John's Gospel until that point? You'd probably expect him to rush off straight away, go to Lazarus, heal him. But Jesus allowed Lazarus to die, someone that he loved. But it was for his ultimate good and it was for the glory of Jesus. The life that Jesus offers Lazarus is ultimate. Remember, we've looked in the, a couple of weeks ago at Romans chapter 8. In all things, God works for the good of those who love him. And here, Jesus lets Lazarus die because it's for the glory of God and for his son Jesus. And we know that for people who trust in him, Jesus may allow people to suffer for his glory, but ultimately that we might be transformed to be like Jesus as well. And that suffering may even end in physical death, like it does here with Lazarus. But even in the face of physical death, Jesus is the great life giver, a life that goes beyond the grave, beyond physical suffering. I don't know if you've heard about Roy Sullivan. Roy Sullivan is um, famous on the internet. He's a world record holder. He's got a lot written about him. He's known as the death defeater. He started working as a ranger in America in a national park in 1936. Sullivan was described as a brawny man with a broad, rugged face. Between 1942 and 1977, Sullivan was hit by lightning 
seven times, seven different occasions. And he survived every single one. You can see why it was called the death defeater. Now, the odds of being struck by lightning are around 1 to 10,000. If the lightning strikes were independent events, like they were here seven times, the odds would be 1, to the, one in 10 to the 28. That is a lot of zeros. And so many, so I couldn't even get it on my iPad. That's how unlikely it was that Sullivan would get struck by lightning that many times. Around 75% of people struck by lightning would face injuries that would completely transform their life. 20% of those would die immediately. The only lasting impact that Sullivan had was that later in life people avoided being around him. And I don't blame them. On the seventh time he was struck by lightning, this is what was written about him. On Saturday morning, June the 25th, 1977, Sullivan was struck while fishing in a freshwater pool. The lightning hit the top of his head, set his hair on fire, travelled down and burnt his chest and stomach. Sullivan turned to his car when something unexpected occurred, even more un unexpected than being struck by lightning seven times. A bear approached the pond and tried to, tried to steal the trout from his fishing line. Sullivan had the strength and courage to strike the bear with a tree branch. He claimed that this was the 22nd time he had hit a bear with a tree in his life. Now, I don't want to personally vouch for the truth of Ray Sullivan's story, <laughs> but it's well accounted and well documented. He claims to be the death defeater. Now, as we look at what Jesus does here, what he does here is so much more than Ray Sullivan being struck by lightning seven times. Here, as Jesus comes to this house, the man is dead. What he's doing, this sign in John's Gospel, sets up something far greater that's about to happen. Lazarus is definitely dead. He's been in the tomb for four days. So when Jesus says in verse 23, have a look down to Martha, your brother's going to beat death, essentially. You can see why Martha's mind jumps to a day when all people will be raised back to life. She's not realised the gravity of what Jesus is claiming. But the point Jesus is making here, look at verse 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus is the great death defeater. And look down then to verse 43 as we read. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen, and a cloth around his face. See, Jesus in what he does through his whole interaction with, with Lazarus reveals something more of who he is. Have a look at verse 4. Remember what he says about what's going to happen? This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Where in the previous times people have been stunned and fascinated in the moment and in being in danger of the gravity of what Jesus is saying. Here Jesus allows the situation to get even worse than sickness, in order that people might see that he is the great death defeater. Because only in that moment will his identity become even more clear. He's the death defeater, not just for Lazarus. This 
sign, this claim is far bigger than just this moment. Because death is a real problem in the world. Before Jesus came, death was a big, big issue. Here's what Romans 5 says. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people, because all sinned. See, death exists in this world as a consequence of every single one of our rejection against God. Here, as Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, he of course shows his great power in that moment to rise Lazarus, but he points to his identity as the ultimate death defeater, the promised Messiah. Later on in that chapter, it says this, for if by the trespass of one man, death reigned in this world through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? This points to what Jesus will ultimately do. Death reigns through one man. No, now Jesus conquers death. Life is on offer. In defeating death and conquering another grave which the stone was rolled away over. Jesus' ultimate defeat of death, his own, is the proof that the life he offers us is the one that goes far beyond the grave. We looked earlier on in the year at 1 Peter, a book written to followers who are struggling in the face of um, real trials. Here it talks about the hope. Just listen to what this hope comes from. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. See, the new life that we have when we trust in Jesus gives us a sure and certain hope because Jesus conquered the grave for us. We can say that as surely as Jesus was raised to life on the third day, as surely as Jesus raised Lazarus. That new life will be given to us, a life that goes beyond the grave. Jesus is the great death defeater. I wonder, do you have great confidence in the face of death? Will you trust in Jesus in the face of death? Jesus has come to deal with the consequence of sin and rebellion against him so that we might approach death in real confidence. Because Jesus is the great death defeater. We don't have to look very far to see the reality of death in this world. It's difficult, it's painful. But if we trust in Jesus, without being morbid in any way, we can approach death without fear with full confidence because Jesus is the great death defeater and his defeat of death over Lazarus, his defeat of death over his own grave shows that it, he's promised life that goes beyond the grave to us. And Jesus also shows in this passage he's the Messiah. Remember these signs as Johnny read it earlier on? all point to his identity. Just have a look at what Martha says in verse 25. 
I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. See, the, the ongoing conversation between the people who've seen the signs and not yet recognised Jesus' full identity is building. What Martha recognises here pulls together the bookends of John's Gospel. Do you remember we saw at the beginning in John chapter 1 how the Word became flesh, Jesus himself came into the world? That's exactly what Martha said. And as Johnny read in John chapter 20 that we've looked throughout the series, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have, may have life in his name. Here what Martha recognises pulls those two things together. This is the promised Messiah. The one that's come into the world, the one that offers life. The context of John's Gospel means that in the face of these signs, these miraculous moments, we must see the gravity of the claims Jesus makes. We've constantly got to look bigger than just Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead or, or feeding hungry people. To see it's not just what Jesus is doing in the moment, but what he shows about himself in the storyline of the whole Bible. In pointing to himself as the promised one who'd come to deliver his people from death for eternity. And this is a monumental moment as he shows that he can conquer death in an instant. As he points forward to the time where he will conquer death for all his people. He's the promised one, the Messiah, the one that all creation has been waiting for. The one that the Jews have been looking out for, the one who will defeat death for his people. We've seen that Jesus is the great life giver. Jesus is the great death defeater. But he doesn't just possess that power in moments of history that are accounted by John in his Gospel. He offers that power to us. He offers to each of us that life in his name is available. Life that goes on forever. Jesus performs many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. That's John's claim about Jesus as we read it, that we might have life that goes beyond the grave because of Jesus' claim here that he's a conqueror of all death, that he's the giver of all life. wonder what do we really think of that it's easy isn't it sometimes to say yeah I believe that but what might that look like as we face difficult circumstances let me pray father God we thank you so much that John pulls together this account to show us clearly who Jesus is. Father, we thank you that you speak to us as we read it, as we look at the person of Jesus. Father, we pray 
that you might help us to understand what Jesus offers, to accept what Jesus offers, and to go on trusting what Jesus offers, life transformed that goes beyond the grave. Lord, we pray that you'd help us, help us to believe that and trust that in the face of what feel like overwhelming circumstances sometimes. Amen.